just Jersey, man. We're a different breed. Who doesn't want to win in Jersey? And the Scarlet Knights did not have a national champion before tonight, and it's RU times two. What's up, everybody? John Forster back, breakdown at the barn. We had a little bit of a hiatus with me, as always, my main man, Eric Winnuck. Uh, wrestling is going on, though. We got a lot to talk about. How's it going, Eric? Going well, my man. It's been, like you said, it's been a while since we did a program. So I hope people don't forget about us. All 12 of our fans, we're back. So we're going to be bringing the noise again. Nice, nice. So, um, so definitely a um, lot, lot going on in the wrestling world. You know, yeah. a lot of people think uh, the season's over, but the season goes straight through the year. You know, first off, big news at Rutgers. Um, Anthony Ashnall is back on the banks, assistant coach. What do you think about that, Eric? Well, Two things. Number one, you add another national champion to the coaching staff. So, you know, when Goody goes out in the recruiting trail, A, Asheville now, even though he's been involved with the program, okay, the fact that he's officially on staff, he gets to actually go out and recruit and formally kind of pitch the Rutgers program. Um, and, there, and there's no sanction issues there. So I think it's a huge positive, the fact that now he can go out there and actually wear the block R under the coaching staff. And between him and Donnie Pritzloff, I mean, you got two solid, well-known New Jersey wrestlers. That puts a lot of meat into this program. And we know what a masterful job Goodell has done, both administratively and what he's done with this program the last 10 years. I mean, that's an all-star staff, if you ask me. And number two, it allows Leo to go take over the Scarlet Knights wrestling program, which we know kind of have a little bit of split with the NJRTC, but they're still in good, good, good shape in terms of their relationship. So I like the fact that Leo gets to go ahead and concentrate and really build that Scarlet Knights wrestling club. Obviously we had a big pickup of 86 kilograms um, to add to that program. So to me, from those two standpoints, it's nothing but positive in this program. No, I agree. I mean, I, I was hoping he was coming. I, I, I knew there were rumors. Um, obviously, you're Ashnal. You're, you're a big name. You need to see what else is out there. It's not just, you know, as much as he loves Rutgers, it's a business. This is his career. And I know he was shopping the market, but the end of the day, staying at home is unbelievable. He he built, you know, he, he took this program to the next level. I mean, if Anthony Ashnall doesn't come, Nick Soriano doesn't come, you know, we got two national champs. We got this recruiting class rolling. We're getting the All-Americans flowing. Um, I think he done so much, and he's just going to continue to that next level. And uh, like you said as well, Leo being able to now focus on the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club. Leo came here at the beginning, built this with Goodale at Rutgers, and I think he's going to do the same on in the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club. So I'm very happy about it. Um, going to be fans in the stands next year, so I'm happy to be seeing him on the bench. Um, so I'm I'm excited, and that's going to be a, a good 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 uh, good year, I think. Recruits, yeah, you got. Two of the biggest names, you know, from uh, two of the biggest names from eras. You got Donnie D. Lippis from, you know, those 2000 years. And then you got uh, Anthony Ashnault from today. So I think um, you got you got uh, a little bit of a mix there. So it's going to be good. Yep. Well, I think you're talking about Donnie. Uh... Donnie Pritzloff. Donnie Pritzloff. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're, Pritzloff. we were just talking we were about just the Yale Street about program the before we got on. So I think I got a little Freudian slip there, but Donnie Pritzloff, uh, you know, Don, Donnie Pritzloff in there. So it is a, a masterful one-two punch, right? Absolutely. And, and to me, I'm really happy for Leo as well, because I mean, you can't find a better gentleman 
um, the NAC guy and getting the opportunity to really grow that Scarlet Knights wrestling program, because we know the importance now, you know, in our day, John, the RTCs didn't really exist. Um, it's pretty much been driven by, you know, a couple of private clubs. Obviously, if you go way back to the, the days of, uh, of the Schultz brothers, and obviously we know the whole story behind, you know, Foxcatcher. Really, that's kind of that precipitated the need for these regional training programs. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, controversy. I know John Smith hasn't been the biggest proponent of them. And there's a lot of people that feel like it's created this monster in collegiate wrestling where people use the RTCs to kind of almost like a, almost like a quasi professional organization to get wrestlers. But from my standpoint, um, I think people forget what wrestling was like in the international scene going into the early 90s, the late 80s. And really, you had wrestlers living on ramen noodles that were Olympic caliber wrestlers. Now they can get paid, they can get, you know, housing, and they have the opportunity to wrestle. So having a program like the NJRTC or the Scarlet Knights Wrestling Club, I think it's positive for wrestling. I don't see the negatives. And like I said, Leo gets to kind of build that program up. Um, and to me, just a lot of positive. The Ashnault news to me is as good of news you can get. A lot of positive things going with that so i'm excited about next year and we'll talk about the preview of the weight classes at another time i think we're going to go through some international olympic stuff today but again nothing there's absolutely zero downside to have national on the staff yeah and you know what eric i i love it i love that there's a little bit of a free agency market out there for the the signing of uh wrestlers into these different clubs i think it keeps it interesting i i you know when i saw miles martin coming over i was like that's big news that's awesome you see um even uh you know kyle snyder going to the the penn state center i mean you know it's just a just a just a matter of seeing that stuff happening and having that big news out there i think is always key so um you know as like you said i'm a big proponent of it i think it does help these athletes um through their career and it, it does put them on the map for for us having a competitive international scene speaking of international scene in kyle snyder it sounds like uh we've got some exciting action going on in tokyo in a few months so um what do we got coming up my man yeah yeah i'm excited so why don't we talk about these olympic weights you know um why don't we start start at the bottom uh 57 we got gilman gilman's a guy um you know, second uh, world silver medalist. Um, you know, he was the second. What was he second seeded in the the uh, bracket? Ends up yep. uh, winning it. I think most people had Dayton Fix as a favorite. I, I thought they were very close, neck and neck. Um, you know, some people had that as as a surprise, but you know, Gilman is a world silver medalist. He's been there. I think. Um, you know, I think he has a great shot. Great shot in Tokyo. Yeah, Gilman is as solid of a wrestler as you're going to find. Um, you know, personally, I'm really excited about, well, there's a couple things. I was going to say, I'm very excited to see about what Vito can do in the future from, from Cornell. I thought he had a great little tournament. But 57, unfortunately, we had some setbacks, number one being Nick Soriano. And I know we were really excited about Nikki wrestling in this tournament, in, in the, UT, the qualifiers. I thought he had a serious shot to make a run here. Um, Nikki's freestyle acumen has really exploded over the last year, year and a half. Listen, we're Rutgers guys. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we had our heartstrings being tugged a little bit at the fact that he was out in Arizona for the last year. Um, but to me, he was doing what's best for him. And quite frankly, being out there with Zeke in the Arizona program, to me, I see the results. Unfortunately, he had that COVID situation where he gets a positive test, pops literally days before the UATs. 
Um, and that just, that's tough to swallow because I would have really liked to see him get a shot at this weight, but unfortunately he has to bow out, but I, I feel good about Gilman representing the U S of a here. The problem is you, when you look at the Russian wrestler, um, Atlee from Turkey, there's a lot of tough guys in this weight class. The guy from Kazakhstan, I mean, this is a loaded weight class. So to me, I mean, you even have Michik, um, who's going to be wrestling, I believe from Serbia and obviously the Michigan wrestler. So there is a ton of guys in this weight class to compete with, but I think he's got a puncher's chance. He's got experience. He's a tough nose freestyle wrestler. You know, if I look at the weight classes, um, this is probably the one, one of the few weight classes where I think we don't really have a, a serious shot of getting a top three place. But again, I love for him to prove me wrong, get that Iowa toughness out of him. And now he's with, I believe he's at the Nittany Lions wrestling club now, like Kyle Snyder. He's moved over to wrestle with the Penn State guys. So don't ever count Kyle out as a coach. So let's see what he can put together. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So then um, let's let's move on. I mean, 65 kilograms, That those trials were <laughs> crazy upset cities going on there. Um, you know, the big news is, uh, uh, big news, Jordan Oliver won the trials, did not qualify. That's a little bit of a bummer. I think we it was kind of like our widest weight. It wasn't a, the deepest weight. I mean, there were a lot of guys uh, competing for that spot. Um, Oliver just missed qualifying. I think that's a bummer. I think the team overall um, still shaping up pretty good. Um, you never know. Maybe he gets in there. That happened with uh, Zadik the other, you know, the one year um, he got in. I mean, Molinero was was a, you know, right. was a, didn't qualify and ended up uh, taking fifth. fifth. So you never know what could happen. Hopefully he gets in there, but we'll see. We'll see what we'll see how it goes. Yeah, 65 is crazy because when you look at the depth of wrestling in the U.S. program and the lack of success we've had this weight class, it's really an anomaly. People have been, you know, just waiting for Yanni to step up and take grasp of this weight class. It just hasn't happened yet. Another battle with Jordan Oliver. J.O. getting a little bit of the revenge from a couple of years ago when those two guys were kind of partnered up up in New York. And obviously Oliver's moved on to uh, different programs. But to me, I think the biggest surprise from my standpoint is a, I'm, I'm watching how, you know, we've got a lot of depth growing up here. The problem is we, as you said, we didn't qualify the weight class. We should have qualified it back at the Pan Am games. Unfortunately, Zane took a tough upset of getting basically self pinned when he was trying to, you know, do a leg lace that kind of went wrong. We should have qualified back then. It wouldn't have been a problem. J.O. has a tough task. He goes ahead and wrestles in that qualifier where there were world-class athletes. He gets all the way to the semifinals, has a tough match, didn't have the offense you want to see, gave up those three pushouts, which kind of frustrated me watching that match. And I'm thinking, you're putting yourself in a hole, man. Get offensive. We come to find out he was battling an injury. But to me, I, I have I, I don't put anything in J.O. He was in a tough spot, wins the weight class, and a couple of weeks later, he's got to qualify for the weight. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, listen, we're going to come back strong at this weight. I think eventually – Nick Lee also, by the way, let's not forget, Nick Lee took Yanni out. And I think Yanni's head wasn't in it after losing to Oliver. He did not look himself in that match, but I'm not going to take anything away from Nick Lee. I was doubting this guy earlier in the year during the collegiate season. You know, we talked about, I thought he was the third best wrestler um, at 41. I was dead wrong. He is really developing. So he's another guy to look out for John in the next couple of years in this weight class. It's going to be fun. It just kills me that we're not going to have a rep. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough. So 74. 74, you know, you had Dake Burrows. That, that, that's what everyone was looking forward to. Um, you know, my, 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 uh, my, my, 
my pick was uh, Burroughs. I think I was picking a little more on my heart. Um, Dake showed that he is what we, we thought he was going to be uh, coming in, you know, coming in uh, to this year. We knew Dake was improving and he just seems like he's the guy in that weight class. And, and he, uh, you know, dominated, dominated the field, uh, took the spot. I think his chances are very good um, to take that gold medal. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, it's, it's funny because my heart was with Jordan Burroughs from the jump, okay? what If people don't recognize what Jordan has meant to U.S. wrestling, we were in a down spot. If you think about um, prior to, you know, when he won gold in, in 2012, there was a period of time. I mean, John, when you and I were coming up in the sport, that was almost the golden age of U.S. wrestling. I mean, when you think of Mundy, when you think of, you know, the Smith brothers, especially John Smith, you yeah. think of all the success we're having, you know, with, with – with those several years. I mean, we talk about um, just the great years of our Olympic teams back when they had 10 weight classes. Mm -hmm. Then we had a little bit of a down period. Okay. And then Jordan Burroughs comes in, comes off the national championship in Nebraska. You know, he wasn't the guy you would think that would have a 10 year dominance in the sport. And he just took it to another level, but just an A-class athlete, an A-class person. So listen, he's not done in his career. He's coming over to Pennsylvania. He's coming over to UPenn, coming back to Philadelphia. I think he's going to be a really good mentor for that program. He has already hinted the fact that he might want to go in the world, kind of bump up a weight. So don't count Jordan out. He's only two years uh, older than Kyle Dake. Let's not pretend this guy's 40. With that said, Kyle Dake just looks unstoppable right now. Um, he is a solid of a freestyle international wrestler, as you're going to find, even though he's defensive, John, he also, when he needs to, can bring the offense. He already has a win over Chimizo early in the year at the RTC event. Um, it was a tight match. I think Chimizo was a little bit tougher than he expected. He's picked it up since then. Here's the key. Can he beat Sitikoff? Okay. Sitikoff is no joke. Okay. This guy, in my opinion, is the Olympic favorite here. I actually don't think Dake's the favorite. I think Dake's going to medal here. I think we, we've got pretty much a 90% chance of meddling here. Um, it's just the fact, I think he, I think he's picked it up even more since he last wrestled Chimizo. It's just in your opinion, can he take Sitikoff? Um, yeah, I, I do think, um, I do think he'll take Sitikoff. I think, um, I think he's the better wrestler, honestly. I, yep. you know, obviously it's, it's any, you know, any given day, you know, you know what could happen. I do think Dake is uh top guy in the weight class, the way that he, he did beat, you know, Jordan handily. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, surprisingly, I think Sitikoff beat you know beat Jordan uh, close match. I think um, so. I do think I just feel like Dake uh, is elevated at that next level. I think he's the best guy in the weight class. Has to get by Chimizo. Has to get by Sitikoff. Um, you know, you know, there's a lot of tough guys there, but I do I I do just think Dake is is the top guy. So we'll you know we'll see what happens. I think he's the the best guy in the weight, and the best guy doesn't always win. Um, Sitikoff is a tough tough animal um so you know we'll, we'll see what happens in tokyo john there is no wrestler with more confidence right now and i mean in the world than this guy right now kyle dick literally thinks he's unbeatable he believes it he's convinced himself of that um you know in some of the interviews he was talking about i mean this is a guy who basically lost to burrow seven of eight matches and never beat him in, yep. in around robin and he basically said in his mind i already beat him so the level of confidence to have um, to me, I agree with you. I think he's the best in the world right now. And the last thing I'll say on this, and we'll jump to 86 is anyone who doubted Kyle Dake's offensive abilities, 
Just watch that Jason Nolf match. That left me speechless. I mean, my jaw literally dropped, okay? And I don't think Jason Nolf is in Kyle Dake's kind of, you know, he's not quite at that level right now, but we both agreed he was knocking on the door. He made mince meat of the guy. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen domination like that to no, such a high-level wrestler in a long time. I'm very bullish on Kyle Dake. Again, let's just see what he can do against the Russian. Nope, I agree. I agree. All right, so let's move on. Magic Man, David Taylor. Um, you know, he, he he won the weight class, uh, fairly dominant fashion. Didn't you know? Didn't didn't you know? Roll through people um, like like he did a, a few years ago. But you know, Dake def or sorry, David Taylor definitely looks good. Um, what do you think about his chances in Tokyo? David Taylor is growing. He's when you think of pitchers. Okay, I'm gonna use the pitcher analogy. You've got pitchers when they're young and they've got that 98, 99 mile an hour fastball, but they haven't learned how to mix in different pitches, how to, you know, get, get over their overconfidence of trying to strike everybody out. David Taylor is turning into a complete wrestler. Okay. David Taylor is the guy you think of, you know, that, that superior offense, his ability to score points. I mean, when he was at Penn state, this guy was, everything was either a major tech or a fall. Um, he had battles with Kyle Dake throughout his career where he almost felt like he was coming in a little bit too hepped up and Kyle Dake was able to take advantage of that. David Taylor has really grown up. I mean, this guy has become a superior, you know, not just the offense, but he's built up such a good solid base and his defensive abilities have really improved. I, so when you say he is not as dominant as he was maybe at the trials a couple of years ago, I think that's almost by design. I think he's learning how to be a fundamentally strong wrestler in the international scene. I actually think David Taylor is our best chance to win a gold medal. In fact, if you put my money on the table, I think he takes gold. Um, he's the only one that I think that I'm that confident about. Like I said, I still want to see Dake take off Sidikoff. It's and even though, and, and that's the funny thing. We're talking about Dake and Taylor. Neither one of these guys have wrestled Olympic games. Yeah. And that's hard for us to believe. This yeah. is their first Olympic games. First Olympics. David Taylor is also on a mad winning streak. I mean, I can't remember the last time this guy has lost an international match. Mm -hmm. His one big guy he's got to go against is obviously Yazdani, the Iranian. He's now beaten him two times in a row. And he yeah. had that memorable match when he won Worlds. That's when David Taylor really put his name back on the map. When he came back, had that big win against him and ended up getting the world title. I think David Taylor is your, your Olympic gold medalist at 86. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think he's a favorite. I think, um, need, you know, definitely a lot of, a lot of tough guys there. Um, Yazdani is, is probably the one, but I think, I think he teched him last time too. So, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I worry a little bit. Sometimes you lose a little bit when the, the knee injury is, you know, is that going to be a factor? I don't know. Um, but I do think, uh, you know, feel pretty good about Taylor. So let's move on. Kyle Snyder, there was a scale gate situation. Um, you know, what, what were your thoughts on uh, the trials? And, and then we'll get into Snyder's, um, you know, Snyder's uh, chances. Yeah, let's talk about, uh, it's, it's funny we talk about Jaden Cox because, A, Snyder obviously is our guy going. And I almost felt like Snyder was getting a little disrespected through this entire trials process. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go right out in the cards. Jaden Cox is probably my favorite U.S. wrestler. Okay. I think he's a superior human being. Um, he's mm -hmm. a, such a well-grounded young man. And he's, it, it's ironic. I'm talking about Kyle Snyder getting disrespected because for so many years, Jaden Cox was the one getting disrespected. Yeah. You talked about Jordan Burroughs. You talked about Kyle Dake, David Taylor, two guys who never even wrestled in the Olympics. And Jane Cox is a world medalist. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who was, I think was what he take 
bronze in the Olympics. And I felt like he's never gotten his due. And he was finally starting to come into his own. And I don't know what's going on this, this year with him, but it wasn't just the fact that he didn't make weight. And he didn't make weight, and he's going up a weight class. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the discussion, was he going to go down to 86 and go after Taylor? Was he going to go up against Snyder and bump up? He decided to bump up. Number two, I don't. I think there was a paperwork issue, too, where, where Jaden Cox couldn't even practice in the facility the day before because he didn't have his paperwork put together. So I don't know what's going on with Team Jaden Cox. Cox is still young. He's going to be back. He lost a tough 2-1 match in Poland to a guy who's basically lost to Pat Downey, um, got beat by Derringer. And Derringer's no joke, but I wouldn't necessarily call a, a world-class top three wrestler. So I, I want Jaden to get his head on straight because we need him as part of the U.S. team. But we've got Kyle Snyder, who's an Olympic gold medalist, okay? Unfortunately, you've got the one and two, the Iranian, Mahanian. And number one is Sajalayev. And we know Snyder's beaten Sajalayev in the past, but Sajalayev has really picked it up. Obviously, he had the big pin against Snyder a couple of years ago. So I think Kyle Snyder is going to medal in this Olympic. I really feel strongly about that. I think he's going to come in strong. I think Kyle's got him in the right direction. He was just, he kind of blew through in the trials without Jaden being there. I just, I don't know if anyone can beat Sajalayev. I'll be frank about that. I think he's your gold medalist for Russia. Um, and Snyder can do it. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. I just think Satch Life is at another level. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, um, you know, to go one, one thing to go back with the Cox situation, I, I feel like Jaden Cox, when the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, it's he's no one's beating that guy. I mean, you know, um, I even felt a little bit like that in college where he would have matches sometimes early in the year and, you know, he'd win them, but he doesn't look like a two time national champ, you know? So I feel like Jaden Cox is like, if the if the, if if things are clicking and I'm with you, one of my favorite wrestlers ever, you know, and if things are clicking with Jaden Cox, nobody's touching them. But then there's these gaps, and it's like, what's going on there? And maybe it's something that you said it well rounded. The guy could sing. The guy has so much going on with him. Maybe he just has so much happening with him. You know, he's so talented. He's a great person. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then it's like, you know, sometimes to have that, that much, um, you know, genius almost, right. It's some yep. things are going to, going to, going to lap. So I, I do, you know, hopefully uh, Janie gets back to it. I think that's going to be a battle him and um, you know, him and Kyle uh, in the future. I think maybe we do a super match or something with Sajaliyev and him. That'd be good. But um, yeah, Kyle Snyder, um, I I agree with you. I think he'll, he'll definitely medal here. Um, I think Sajaliyev is, uh, you know, a big, big heavy favorite to win gold here. I think it'd be a very, very big surprise if he doesn't win gold. Um, the time Kyle beat him, again, big heavy favorite to win gold though. Yep. So I think he, you know, Snyder puts it together gets it done. I think, um, you know, maybe, maybe he takes him out, but I, I would say on paper, Sajalaya is the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you, John. And, and when I was saying earlier about Kyle Snyder being disrespected, because here's a guy who's a gold medalist. Okay. For us, multiple kind of world finalist. And it almost felt like, you know, when Jane did a make way, it's like, well, you know, Jane's got to get a final wrestle off. How can you do that to Jim? Like, well, you know, that's on him. Okay. And I love Jane. That's on him. Yeah. We got a gold medalist sitting here. Okay. Let's not forget that. And the other thing I'm going to say about Kyle Snyder is he's quietly wrestling very, very well. Okay. Because you're right. We talk about Jaden Cox. I want to be frank. He hasn't looked great. And in some of the um, events he's wrestled in, 
I never saw him take a match over some of the uh, RTC events that were doing a flow. Listen, I don't take that stuff that serious to me. Those guys were coming out of COVID. They didn't have the training. They weren't up to par yet. But I'm watching how Kyle Snyder's wrestling, especially since he's gone over the Nittany Line Wrestling Club. And I really like what I see. And listen, Colin Moore is not Jaden Cox, okay? He's not at that level, let's be honest. And at the end of the day, that's the final we want to see. But Colin Moore wasn't even a matchup for Kyle Snyder. I mean, yeah. to me, it's you might as well have just given him, after Jaden Cox didn't make make the trials, you should just given him the spot, and, you know, kind of on spot. So let's see what Snyder does. But again, you also can't, I mean, we didn't talk about the Iranian because, listen, this is another guy that can make a serious run here. So I think Snyder's going to be a top three wrestler here, but again, not an easy weight class. Yeah. All right, now let's go to go to, go to your boy Gable Stevenson. Um, you know he looked he looked amazing in the trials. Um, I, I just see him as a young you know young talent just getting better and better. You know each year as it goes on, I think um, you know almost like he had too much pressure on him coming in as a freshman. It was surprise he didn't you know, win nationals, uh, as a freshman. And I think he, he took that and said, Hey, I'm just going to improve and be the, the guy that people are telling me I'm going to be. And he, he just looks unstoppable. Yeah, I agree with you. It, what's funny is he comes in and I don't think he's ranked in the top five right now internationally because quite frankly, a, he's young. Um, and two, he's just winning the spot for the first time. Um, you look at the top two wrestlers here, the Turkish rusher and uh, Gino from, from, from uh, Georgia. These guys are bulls, man. And I'm really excited to see Gable Russell. I just, it's very hard for me. This guy could end up not placing at all. He yep. could win the whole thing. Okay. Exactly. That's where I'm at right now, because I think people discount how tough some of these 125 kilogram wrestlers are. I mean, you've got absolute animals in this weight class, John and Gable's an animal himself. I mean, this is guy's going to be a WWE store. Okay. Star. I don't know if he's going to come back to college next year or not, if he's going to go right to professional wrestling, but he is a dynamic personality. He is a dynamic wrestler. He is an extremely strong wrestler. People discount how strong he is because he's so technically sound for a heavyweight. He's got such a good, strong offensive shot for a heavyweight, but he's just a really just a, a bull of a wrestler. It's just, like I said, he's going against the Turkish wrestler. He's going against the guy, the, the guy from Georgia. Um, the Russians also very tough. So it's very hard for me to say what he's going to do in the Olympics. Um, he's still very young for, for Olympic at 125. Like I said, he could end up not placing. He can end up winning the whole thing. I just think those two top wrestlers, I want to see what he can do against them. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is a wild card. He's not ranked. He hasn't wrestled any of those guys yet. Um, it's going to be exciting to see. So I'm definitely look, looking into that. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. So let's, let's, let's turn the page. Let's talk a little uh, Cornell. Uh, Cornell, uh, what's, what's been going on there? They, um, you know, Rob Cole headed over to Stanford. Stanford, what a story. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, these guys are dropping the program. Now they get one of the best coaches in the country after 32 years at Cornell. Well, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? I'm not going to get into a lot of the details of the behind the scenes stuff. Obviously, there was a lot of issues with obviously the Ivy League didn't wrestle this year. And Cornell had very strict protocols in terms of what type of practice schedules can happen, which was basically none. Um, and the rumor was that Cornell was running some stuff through the RTC program and a couple of collegiate wrestlers, whether it's Yanni and Vito and those guys were actually getting practice and they basically called him out on that. And he flat out said, listen, you're going to, you're going to bust me about this with what I've done with this program. 
30 years of building this thing. I mean, John, this was a program that had the Ivy leagues not canceled the season. We were talking them as a trophy winner this year. Okay. If not more, they were coming back with a loaded, loaded staff. Okay. Um, so he basically says, I'm leaving. Where does he go to the program that was basically dead on arrival at, at the uh, national finals this year, Stanford. Okay. And we know the story about Stanford. Okay. Cutting the program, basically saying that they had a, you know, uh, do away with it, whether it's money situation or what was happening. They were trying to cut their programs down. I think the wrestling community raised like $12 million. It looked like it didn't make any difference whatsoever. Then obviously we had the big win in the national final and Stanford got a lot of, you know, they had a lot of flack put on them, you know, in a national stage on ESPN, you've got a basic national champion who's wrestling in an all black singlet because his program is going away. Well, they bring the program back and they, basically say, we will give you the kitchen sink to come coach the Stanford program. We're going all in. So you've got a program that looked like it was going to be a trophy winning program to basically fall apart in a program that was basically dead in the water. That is basically throwing two, $3 million at the Cornell coach. So now he moves over to Stanford. We think Cornell's going to lose. Is Kyle Day going to leave the RTC and go to Penn state? Okay. What's going to happen with Yanni is Vito going to leave. Obviously we know who already left, um, you know, kind of the program earlier and what happens? Mike Gray gets the program and talk to me about Mike Gray. Cause to me, that solidified Cornell. It stopped the bleeding. It keeps Yanni in place. It keeps Vito in place, but Mike Gray's got Jersey roots. Yeah. Well, first off, let me, let me, let me say one thing. If you have a kid that's smart, and, you know, they got their choice to go to a college. Do not send them to Princeton. Do not send them to Harvard. Send them to Stanford. These guys are smart as hell. They raise $12 million. Then they get the one of the best coaches in the country. Yep. Talk about talk about smarts. Maybe this was all a ploy overall, overall to, to take over this program. Because, you know, what would have happened if they didn't drop the program? They wouldn't have had that money to go out and get Rob Cole. But then, but then we talk about Mike Gray. You know, Mike Gray, you know, people in the know have been talking about him, that yep. his coaching ability has been amazing. We know Mike Gray was a four-time state, first four-time state champ in New Jersey. He went to college, good career, not great, wasn't a national champ, was an All-American there. But when you when you talk about the top assistant coaches out there, everyone always points to Mike Gray. I know Yanni uh, gives him a lot of credit. These guys, um, you see the success Vito's having. Um, so I think that's going to be a very big hire. Um, sometimes when people are really good and don't have the success that they should have had as an athlete or could have had a, as an athlete, you know, the guy had a great career, didn't get to that national title. Maybe that puts a fire in them to, to do something in the coaching level. And um, I think Mike Gray, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what Mike Gray could do with that program there. I think just word of mouth, when you talk about um, the coaching level, I think he's top of the food chain. So I think that, you know, I'm interested to see what happens. I, they do still got a big pool there of talent. Um, so we're going to see what happens. I think Mike Gray um, is going to have a lot of success. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and what we're going to learn here is there's a difference between being a good recruiter, a solid number two coach. Can you run a program? Um, and you talk about maybe the lack, when I say lack of success, I use that loosely because again, this is, a, say, right? yeah. this is all American. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, make yeah. It mm -hmm. 
he was pulled off, you know, the JV ro roster of a Central Jersey youth te team. Yeah. With that said, you don't necessarily have to be a national champion to have the capability of building a program. Let's look at Scott Goodell. Okay, Scott Goodell, obviously, he, he still gets his you know, chops busted about that 99 wins at lock caving could have break the 100. Um, again, Scott Goodell is a, was a, was a great wrestler. Okay. Um, but you know, the knock on him is, you know, he's not a national champion. He doesn't have the pedigree as some of these other guys running programs and look what he's done with the Rutgers program because yeah. he's a program builder. Okay. He knows how to connect with his audience. He knows how to basically run the ins and outs. Okay. What I want to see is can Mike Gray do that? Okay. It's one thing to kind of solidify the program to keep your top wrestlers in place. Now he's got to take it to the next step and he's got to move it forward. Okay. That's what I want to see here if he can keep the program moving and keep it as a top five, top 10 program, I think the jury's a little bit out on that. We got to see if he can do it. But again, it was an important move. Cornell had to lock this guy in because a, it keeps your top wrestlers, I think in place. Number two, it's a name that can keep the tradition going. It also tells me with Mike Gray there, if Mike Gray leaves, then you say to yourself, there's something wrong with Cornell. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cornell is not supporting wrestling. There is the, the entire program's collapsing. I think with Mike Gray staying, it tells me that he's sending out the message. Guys, don't worry. Last year was a, it was a, was an unreasonable situation for everybody. Okay. Cornell wanted to stick to the protocols. They listen, let's not kid ourselves. It's an Ivy league program. Okay. They put that above everything. What he's saying is we're moving forward. Now Cornell's here to stay. Now I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, so so let's move on. Uh, fight coming up next month. We got McGregor uh, Puri. Um, what, what do you think about that one, Eric? I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this. Um, you know, McGregor did one of his, you know, his first of uh, I think of the ten times he's retired and come back. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's playing the excuse a little bit when he fought Poirier in their last match that he maybe wasn't up to his usual shape. Okay, and obviously just. If you, I remember that fight, you and I were texting back and forth and just the calf shots he was taking. Okay. And you can see Poirier has learned how to fight this guy. I personally think he's got his number now. Obviously McGregor can strike with anybody. Okay. He is, he is probably pound for pound. One of the top three strikers in the UFC. Um, you know, I think Poirier is a more complete fighter. I think I like the trajectory he's at right now. I think McGregor has the name. Okay. But that's a little bit of self-promotion, John, here. I think McGregor is a superior self-promoter. His, I, I ask myself, is his, and listen, he's got all the ability in the world, but is his love, is his self-promotion matching his talents? That's the question I always ask myself. And I think if you take that out of the equation, I think this is Poirier's fight to win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I, I, I agree with you that, you know, I do think that McGregor's self-promotion is better than his talents. I mean, he's a talented fighter. He was a champ. Um, yep. you can, you compare him to some of these other guys, um, that are, that are, that, that are considered the greats. He's not, he's not up there with a George St. Pierre or John Jones or, um, Anderson Silver or right. a lot of these other champs. Yep. So I, I, I kind of wish they gave him, but I understand his, uh, value. I understand what yep. he brings to the cage and, and that self-promotion is important in the fight game because that's, 
people want to watch. People want to watch it, and he's electric. When he wins, it's electrifying knockouts, and that's that's what he brings. So I kind of wish they gave him, you know, maybe somebody ranked eighth or ninth as a comeback fight to to I get agree. another win on, under his belt. I think, uh, you know, I think Dustin Pure is just flat out a better fighter these days. I, I think he, I think he's been improving over the last years. And I think he's, he, I think he's the best guy in that division. Oliveira won the title, but I think uh, PRA is going to, going to beat him. I think he's the best guy. I think he's just very well-rounded fighter between his striking his grappling. Um, you know, I think he's just a very well-rounded fighter really uh, came up and really has been, been doing better. So yeah, I'm going with PRA. So. Yeah, it's funny because Oliveira is a better fighter, in my opinion, right now than McGregor as well. So, but listen, we, we know the facts and the facts are McGregor is going to bring eyeballs on the set. Mm-hmm. They're going to sell a massive load amount of, you know, um, pay-per-view subscribers for this fight. But we know the name of the game, John. I mean, you got YouTubers fighting undefeated, you know, world heavyweight champion boxers. I mean, that's, that's where we're at right now. It's about kind of the money game and I get it, but at least McGregor is a, you know, he's a superior UFC wrestler. So it's not, it's not as if they're throwing, you know, old man withers out there, yep. but I just, I, I agree. I think Poirier is going to win this. I think he's going to take the third three. And then my question is what do we see from McGregor over the next couple of years? Okay. Is he sort of going to phase out? Because there's a lot of young, young, good, solid fighters that are coming up in this game right now. And, you know, maybe, maybe Poirier puts him, basically puts him into early retirement. I don't know. But then again, McGregor catches you, you're out. I mean, like I said, this guy's a striker and he's a tough SOB. And we can talk smack all we want about his promote self-promotion being better than his fighting. But again, he's the kind of guy that if he catches you, you're going out. You got it. One shot, you're out. All right, Eric. Good, good show. We'll be back soon. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I hear that music. Talk to you later and Relentless Pursuit.